from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. A warm welcome to you as you join us. This is our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspirational music, health talk on principles of life that are basic. With more enjoyable music, you'll also hear God's word to enrich you spiritually. This is your host Sharad and I'm Maureen and you're listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Let's begin our program with a song. She was only 18 when she left home that night. Her mother fainted in the rear view. Standing there with tear-filled eyes She knelt there on the front porch Crying, Lord, please hear my prayer I know she's wrong, but my love is strong Bring her back, it's rough out there Love is patient It's willing to go the distance When our heart is on the line It will be a surest anchor Through the sense of time Love is patient Love is kind
You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. Dear friend, life's rich treasures such as health, happiness and peace of mind are portrayed in our health talk in a new way. Today's society has many problems. How can we cope up with them? How can we enjoy health and happiness each day in the face of these influences that bombard us continually? It's time to hear a health talk. Stay with us. Dear listeners, today we are going to talk about malaria. Malaria remains a serious health problem in many areas of the world. 250 million new cases as diagnosed every year. And 1 million of those people die of the disease. Approximately one half of the world's population is at risk of becoming infected with the organism that causes malaria, especially parts of Africa, South America and Southeast Asia. In Africa, malaria is responsible for almost one in five deaths of children under the age of five. This program is heard in many countries and a listener from an area where malaria remains common is, has requested to hear more about the disease and how she can protect herself from getting it it is important to talk about malaria because the disease is both treatable and preventable malaria is caused by a parasite that lives in mosquitoes people usually become infected when an infected mosquito bites them injecting the immature parasite directly into the blood stream the immature parasite enters our blood stream from the saliva of the infected mosquito when it bites It is then carried to our liver within about 30 minutes where it stays for about 2 weeks while it matures and multiplies. Once mature, it comes back to our life in our red blood cells. When another mosquito bites us, we pass the parasite back to start the cycle all over again. People who become infected with malaria can then pass this parasite on to other people. Because the parasite lives in our blood, an infected person who becomes and an infected person who becomes a blood donor can pass the infection on an infected mother can infect her baby during pregnancy while baby is still in the uterus and drug addicts can become infected by sharing syringes and needles with an infected person because there will be some blood on a used needle or syringe the symptoms of malaria start within a few weeks of becoming infected you feel as though you are having the flu you have repeated attacks of shaking chills high fever sweating headaches nausea vomiting and diarrhea malaria deaths are most often the result of complications that develop following the infection the parasite filled blood cells become swollen and they can block the tiny blood vessels that supply blood to your brain causing a stroke also the parasites cause severe anemia and this puts pregnant women and the babies in real danger the severe anemia can lead to spontaneous abortion premature delivery delivery of a dead baby or delivery of a low birth weight baby the severe anemia can kill the mother malaria can cause fluid to fill your lung making it difficult to breathe the parasites can cause your kidneys to kidneys or liver to fail it can use up all of the sugar in your blood for its own needs causing very low blood sugar and coma or, or death those most likely to die from malaria are children under the age of 5 because they do not have the ability to fight the infection effectively god created us with a sophisticated defense system to protect us against invasion of 
such organisms such as parasites that defense system is called the immune system it keeps many who have been bitten by a malaria infected mosquito from developing severe symptoms of disease and it clears a parasite from our blood children under the age of 5 with the parasite their body cannot handle the infection as effectively as can a healthy adult so the parasite grows in numbers rapidly with the immune system distorted children can develop severe symptoms deteriorating very rapidly and frequently develop deadly complications they need to be treated immediately to save their lives older people and those who are otherwise in poor health are at risk because they have immune systems that are damaged effective anti malarial medicines are effective anti malarial medicines were developed a number of years ago but because they were used inappropriately the parasite became resistant now thankfully new medicines that are effective in killing the parasite have been developed several of new medicines have to be taken at the same time and they are very strong an overdose can kill a child so a doctor who specializes in children's disease should prescribe their dose you can prevent malaria by avoiding mosquito bites physical protection includes wearing light colored clothing starting at sunset when the mosquitoes come out wearing brown or yellow colored clothing attracts mosquitoes less than wearing dark colored clothing you should wear long sleeve shirts and long pants so that you have less skin exposed also there is a lot of insect repellent in the market and you should get some and use them when you must be outdoors you can get insecticides sprays to spray indoors and that's helpful as well putting screens on your doors and windows will help to keep mosquitoes from coming into the house you can get window mosquito nets to surround your bed while you sleep and if you are going outdoors into a mosquito infested area you can wear a mosquito net and mask over your face travelers to malaria infested area should be aware that in some countries with high malaria risk counterfeit or substandard drugs are being sold and these drugs will not be effective in the treatment of clinical malaria anti malarial drugs should always be purchased before traveling if you live in a warm climate where malaria is common or if you're going to travel to such an area take care to prevent getting mosquito bites if you have been in one of those areas and you start getting flu like symptoms see your doctor for treatment immediately this is especially important if you are aged otherwise ill a pregnant woman or if your infant or child is under the age of 5 thank you for our nice health talk we are sure it was hope for the despondent cheer for the sick and rest for the weary keep listening to awr it will open the door to a new experience in your life to know more on our program you are welcome to write to us on adventist world radio post box number 17 pune 411001 maharashtra india you can also email us on adventist media center at gmail.com you could also hear all our programs on our website that's on awr .org/englishprogram Before you hear God's word here's another song
thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after to hear God's Word. Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. 
I can't wait to hear about this woman that had so many rules for her child. Oh, she was so frustrated because this 13-year-old boy was simply not obeying the rules, but she had a rule for everything. Mm. And she said, you need to talk to my son. I said, well, let me talk to you first. So she came in and sat down, and I found out how many rules she had, and it was Oh, I mean, no one could have kept all those rules. And so I said, well, the first thing we've got to do is reduce the number of rules. Mm. I said, we we need to cut it by about 90 (laughs) percent, throw about 90 percent of them out. I said, but the other thing is that we need to determine whether or not the rules spring from a relationship because rules without relationship Uh, always ends in rebellion. Absolutely. And if the boy does not know that he is loved and accepted and that you believe in him, Mm. then it doesn't matter how many or how few rules you have, he's not going to keep them. But when he knows that he is loved and rules come from a relationship of love, then he's more likely to be able to keep them. And so we're able to change things around for her. Rules and regulations, when they are appropriately placed, Mm -hmm. they actually give a structure in which their relationship can flourish. That's right. Because we all need uh, households that have some kind of order. Uh, But there are such parents that get desperate with their, especially teenagers, and they just uh, start getting more and more and more rules and less mm-hmm. and less and less relationships. When when the teenager starts to rebel, they think, well, we need more rules. But mm-hmm. really what you need is more relationships mm-hmm. so that the teenager knows that I'm accepted and I'm okay. My identity is a part of this family because I love this family and I'm loved here. Mm-hmm. Then the rules begin to take on more of a significance. But if it's just the rules, more rules means more rebellion. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. You know, um, we are going to talk about a chapter today in the book of Acts that is probably Probably a landmark for the first century church. They're having a good type of problem, and the problem is that they're growing too mm-hmm. fast. And the people that are joining them are people that are that don't have the Jewish culture. So because and that the creates first- quite a problem. And you know we see that in, in churches today. When churches grow, people come in who are not like us. Yeah, you know, correct. Uh, we got this group of people who all think kind of alike, and we've got similar backgrounds, and then you get these people from outside who don't think this way, and you thought, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure this is working. Yeah. We have to identify what is Christian and what is culture that is, you know, from my background versus versus what is biblical. Well, what happens in this case, the, the Gentiles, because see, all the first Christians were also Jews. So mm-hmm. we had actually Jewish Christians. Right. They all know the Old Testament. They know all the rules. All of them, all the males are circumcised. And they're all keeping the East and everything else. Mm-hmm. And so now we have all these Gentiles joining and uh, they're not circumcised. They don't know all the ceremonial rules. No. And some of them are saying, no, hold on a minute. They have to become Jews first right. in and order to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so they do this council at Jerusalem. They all get together, the apostles, all the main authorities of the church. And they said, well, what is really important here? And are we going to allow them to be part of us without becoming mm-hmm. Jews first? You know, again, this was a big a big crisis for this church because remember that Christianity was originally thought of as being a sect of Judaism. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting this new identity because these Gentiles, these non-Jews are coming in. And so the culture of the church is changing. What does this mean? Do they become Jews first? Do they not? This was a big deal. And, you know, it's scary that they put together committee to solve it because committees yeah. can be can be frightening. <laughs> yeah, you never know what's going to happen. And here they got together and in Jerusalem. Uh, I'm going to read in uh, verses 4 and 5 of chapter 15 of Acts. Mm-hmm. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and apostles and the elders. See, everybody's there. And they reported all that God had done with them because of the Gentiles, you know, joining them. Mm-hmm. Some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed 
which means that they were also Christians, they stood up saying it is necessary, absolutely necessary mm-hmm. to circumcise them and to direct them to observe all the law of Moses. And the apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter. So this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then Peter stood up. And then he said something very interesting. He said, brethren, in verse 7, the last part of verse 7, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you uh, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fa- our fathers nor we have been able to bear. See, this is very interesting. Peter's saying, look, we uh, are preaching to people that have a different culture than us. We ourselves have had a hard time with our own culture. <laughs> um, you know, some of the ceremonial rules, maybe it's time for them to go. And, and he's saying, we cannot place this yoke because in doing that, we are putting God to the test. And, and so James, who was the brother of Jesus, um, verse 13, he, he says, okay, let's, let's make a new rule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see that our, our church and many churches are actually, um, struggling with this. I, I agree that a lot of churches are struggling because of the, the different cultures that are coming in. And they're trying to sort out what is necessary to be a Christian and what part of what what we've done in the past has been cultural versus Christian and biblical. And yeah, and, or even if it was biblical, is it part of the main doctrine mm-hmm. or isn't it? You know, I have had people saying, you know, sometimes it looks like an obstacle course. In order to be yeah. baptized, yeah. I have to go through this whole obstacle course for me to be accepted into I've the I've got to understand these things, these doctrines, these truths, and change these behaviors. And I don't see that happening on the day of Pentecost. Mm. And so there are a lot, of, a lot of questions as to what is necessary to be a part of the church and what is necessary to be a part of the body of believers. So James, the brother of Jesus, who Kind of is one of the authorities, and of course, he had become a believer after mm-hmm. Jesus uh, had died and resurrected. He says, Okay, I'm going to quote to you one of the prophets in verse 15, and he quotes Amos chapter 9, verse 12, um, and verse 17 of Acts 15. He says, So that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. So he mm. says, There is a prophecy. See, most of the prophecies of the Old Testament were pointing out to when Jesus would come and how the kingdom of God would grow. That's right. You know, it was never the idea that, that the Jews alone would be saved. They were to be a witness to the other nations. They were placed strategically at the trade routes of the world so that they would be able to witness to other people and bring them to a belief in the true God. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of other people today, even Christians, sometimes they became so insulated and so proud of what they had that they kind of kept it to themselves. Mm-hmm. And then it was a us against them mentality. But the prophets had said there's going to be a time when the Gentiles believe, and that's going to be a part of the greater kingdom of God. So they decide not to ask the Gentiles to go through an obstacle course. Right. And James says in verse 19, It is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but we write to them and place very few rules. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask them to abstain from things contaminated by idols because it was part of the monotheistic faith That's that right. they were now um, joined. 
joining, right? Which basically means ex- accepting these things would be a part uh, or a party to idol worship. And so we, we only have one God, and we're going to focus on that God. And from fornication, which means that we are going to hold sexual moral standards. That's right. I mean, this is a church that is starting, and we want to give a witness to the world. Mm-hmm. And this is certainly something quite biblical and something that, uh, that was important for Christians to practice then and today. Uh, and then it's also said from what is strangled and, and from blood. Yeah, so this is part of the dietary concerns that they had was that uh, people wouldn't eat flesh that still had its life in it. Yeah. And so it was it was part of what God had asked, so they decided to maintain that. And so it looked okay to all of them. And I just want to uh, give a particular personal testimony on this. Okay. A few years ago, there was an article in, in a magazine that we have called Ministry that is for actually pastors of all denominations, not just mm-hmm. ours. Um, and the article said uh, 27 doctrines in search of a theology. Mm. Uh, now the Adventist Church has 28 doctrines. Yeah, we've added to it. Um, and they were saying, so are all the doctrines the same? So hmm. They all have the same hierarchy. Or what is really our theology? Or do yeah. we have a lot of rules? Or, or what is going on here? And that got a lot of people thinking, and it got me thinking back then. This is a few years now. And I have come to understand doctrines um, as the different faces of one diamond. Mm-hmm. For me, the main doctrine of the Adventist Church is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And any other doctrine has to be a way in which I access that understanding. A doctrine has no purpose if it does not reveal Christ to us, if it doesn't point to Christ and bring us closer to him and bring us closer to his character. What is the purpose of it? It all has to be about Jesus. It's got to be focused on him, yes. centered on him. So, for for example, um, think of, of the core Jews being Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the doctrines being straws through which you're, you know, zipping this juice or this living water. Yeah. And, and for example, for me, the Sabbath, which is one of the Adventist doctrines, mm-hmm. it, it teaches me how I come to rest in Christ. Mm-hmm. I see that area of who Christ is, my creator and Redeemer. Uh, and I can go through all the doctrines that way. They don't stand on their own. In fact, if they can't be taught that way, they're of no value. We, we need to get rid of them. They all must reveal Jesus Christ to us. And that's regardless of which denomination you are a part of. Or When you read the Bible, when you find a teaching in Scripture, it's got to reveal Jesus Christ to you. And that's really what they're saying here. Yes, and we want to invite you to uh, accept that main core doctrine of true theology. They came to that understanding in Acts 15. We came to that understanding as a denomination. Mm -hmm. This is what it's all about. It's about Jesus Christ coming, being our Savior, and now attracting people to His kingdom, to this truth, to this understanding, so as many possible can be saved. The Apostle Paul said at first, he said, I determined that while I was among you, I would know only one thing, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And whether you're looking at the at Jesus Christ and Him crucified through the doctrine of the day of rest, or through the, the doctrine of the second coming, or any other doctrine, it has got to be about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. May you come to know the core doctrine of who Jesus is, and may you join His church in the world today. Let's pray. Our loving Father, creator and sustainer of this universe, we come with thankful hearts for sharing your love with us and sustaining us. May we praise you, honor you for letting us know that you care for each one of us. May we serve mankind with compassion that Jesus had on the earth. Remove all our pride, jealousy, hatred and place it with your love. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 
With this, we have almost come to the end of our program. To know more on God's Word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune, 411-001, Maharashtra, India. You can also write to us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. You may also follow all our programs on our website, that is awr.org slash English program. This is your host, Sharad. And I'm Maureen, signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until then, we wish you good health and a happy home. Goodbye and God bless you. 